Before we start this podcast off, um, I just want to say fuck 2020. Um, if you don't already know the news, one half of the crime time from, you know, Shad Gaspard, he was gone missing. You know, him and his son were swimming in um, Venice Beach. They got caught in a riptide. Um, a search went out to look for them. And the most heartbreaking thing about this whole story is that when they found them, he said to take his son. Don't even worry about me. Take his son. They went to try to go get him back, and he was nowhere to be found. He still hasn't been found, and news broke out today that the LAPD um, has suspended further searches for Shad Gaspar. I, I really don't know what to say besides um, I pray for um, his family, his friends, um, colleagues that he's met over the years. Um, I pray they find peace during this time. And not to, to, to worry, hopefully, by the grace of God, he, he's found and he's home safe and sound. And, yeah, just, just fuck 2020. Just fuck 2020. We lost Kobe. We got this fucking pandemic. And we're about to lose somebody else. In the wrestling industry, that was known to many not to be a bad person, but just being known as, as, as a really genuine, humble, amazing, fun-loving person to be around. And for this to happen to someone like that... Makes no sense. That's why people always ask, why do so much bad things happen to good people? It's just, it's fuck 2020. Just fuck 2020. But if you guys don't already know, I go by the name Unknown and you are listening to the Pipe Bomb Podcast. And this is my Monday Night Raw review from the May 18th, 2020 episode. And we're going to jump right into this shit. This episode of Monday Night Raw was just boring as fuck. There's, there's, I can't hide it anymore. I can't say, well, it was decent. They could have done this. Maybe if there was a crowd there. No, this this show, I I couldn't I couldn't care for it. There were some spots in the show where I was like, hmm, I wonder where they're going to go with this. Now I'm kind of interested to see where do they go from here, right? But overall, as a show for the three hours... I couldn't give a shit. I really couldn't care. And we start the night off with Charlie Caruso in the ring. You know, they play a whole bunch of promo packages at the start of the show of Becky Lynch being pregnant and then the announcement. They dragged it on and on and on for like five minutes at the start of the show. If you don't already know, Becky Lynch is pregnant. And they just have to constantly remind us that she's pregnant. She's going to be a mom with these long, dramatic video packages for no reason. You know... Charlie Caruso is standing in the ring, and she brings out Randy Orton. Randy Orton kicks off Raw, and they, why do they have Charlie say this again? Randy Orton challenges Edge to a wrestling match, and some might say maybe the greatest wrestling match ever, ever. Um, Why are we having her say this? Why are we having her say this? Because I don't think Edge and Randy Orton could put on a great wrestling match like Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels or Shawn Michaels and Undertaker or or um, Stone Cold and Bret Hart or Bret Hart versus Owen Hart in um, WrestleMania 10 and at SummerSlam. I don't think they can pull off a match that good. But I don't know why they keep having her say this dumb shit for like buzzword and greatest greatest wrestling match ever. 
ever. No, ever. No, 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 no. It is not going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. It just isn't. Randy comes out and says, wrestling is what they do. It's in the name, World Wrestling Entertainment. Well, for the past couple of months, you haven't been giving us wrestling. You've been giving us a bunch of entertainment bullshit and not a lot of good matches. Not a lot of good matches. So, I don't know where he came up with that idea. And then he says, no one in the locker room or anyone could do what he does. And no other athletes could do what they do. And shit, that Randy Orton starts to say that Edge... That, um... Then Randy Orton tells Edge that the thing that, that you had most that was once grit and passion is now doubt and fear. Because you hide behind these gimmick matches and last man standing matches and Royal Rumbles to hide the fact that you haven't wrestled in nine years. And you know if you step in the ring with me or anybody, you just embarrass yourself and you will be a loser. Then Edge comes out and says, Randy doesn't love Wrestling wrestling was, was a backup plan for Randy. Edge starts going on this little rant of like, you didn't save up your, your allowance to go to the show on Saturday night like I did. You didn't train and train and train and train and hopefully one day that you'll be at a WrestleMania like I did. You didn't like want to win the Intercontinental Championship and then be the best workhorse in this business like he did. And then Randy's like, cut the shit. Cut the shit. Are you going to accept my challenge or not? Are we going to have this wrestling match? And Edge just says, I'm, I accept your damn challenge. And now it's official. At Backlash, we're going to get Edge versus Randy Orton part two. But in a wrestling match. Do I think this match could be any good at Backlash? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Because when when Randy, the, the, the thing about Randy Orton is that I know a lot of people shit on him for his slow and methodical quote-unquote matches. But when Randy Orton cares about a match and he really gets going, Randy Orton is really good. He's a really great performer in the ring. When he really cares, there, there's nobody better than him. The way that he just does certain moves like a clothesline or a body slam or a suplex, he makes it look like to like perfection almost. But then when he doesn't care, that's when you see the most boring matches of all time. But when he cares, there's nobody better. Right? After that whole thing with Randy Orton and Edge, Seth Rollins comes out with Murphy. Seth says that he needed to lose himself to find himself because without darkness, they there could never be be light and Seth says that he he found himself again thanks to Rey Mysterio he said that sorry that things went a little too far but this is just how it was supposed to happen then Humberto Carrillo comes out and this is what made me bang my head against the fucking wall he comes out and says Seth your apology is fake you don't care about Rey Mysterio Ray is my idol. I care about him. Because Ray is my idol. And calls Seth a coward. And then he tries to fight. He runs in the ring. Tries to go at Seth. Murphy stands in front of him. And then Seth is like, if you want to fight. I don't want to fight right now. I'm not dressed for the occasion. But if you want to fight. My disciple Mur Murphy. Could help you out with that. 
Go some commercial. Come back. And in the first match of the night, we get Murphy versus Alberto Carrillo. All you got to know is Murphy hit Murphy's law. One, two, three. Murphy picks up the victory. After the match, Murphy starts attacking Carrillo, throws a Carrillo into the steel steps, and Alistair Black comes out, starts to fight. Murphy, Rollins just walks away onto the top of, like, the, the stage, and, and Murphy is, like, goes back to Seth, and Seth is like, no, not now, relax, relax, it's okay, it's okay, relax. Alistair Black is, like, there to Carrillo, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Fuck Humberto Carrillo. Who cares about Humberto Carrillo? Who cares? And, and if you're a fan... Of Humberto Carrillo, what are you watching? What what do you see in Humberto that 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 makes you become a fan? I want to know. I I would love to know. I want to know. After this, we get like a little backstage um promo from Liv Morgan, and she says that um her biggest influence is, is her mom because her mom taught her like to never give up. To, to keep on going, to fight for what you believe in. And um I, I I really enjoyed that promo. I really enjoyed it. It's similar to like the oldest promo from SmackDown where he was saying that my mom is my biggest inspiration because she helped me because I had a learning disability and everything. And Liv Morgan basically said like her and her mom didn't grow with the best circumstances. They weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouths and everything. But she made best what, what she's had. And she made a pretty good life for herself. She never gave up. She fought for what she believed in. And I thought that was a really good promo just to learn more about Liv Morgan and to know more about her instead of that. I'm just a wrestler. What, okay, you're a wrestler, but what makes you you? Because you have a different story than everybody else. I like the fact that they're doing this with Liv Morgan. I want to see where they go from here. But besides that, that, that was a, a really decent little promo from Morgan. After that, we get Charlotte Flair. She comes out to grace us with her presence once again and says that she's down to going to list, list off her accomplishments and then she continues to list off her accomplishments saying, I'm not going to say how I am the NXT champion. I'm not going to say how I'm this, how I'm that. And then she calls out Ruby Riot and says, Ruby, you've been running your mouth. Ruby Riot doesn't say anything, goes to commercial, come back from commercial. The second match of the night, we got Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Riot. I I couldn't bring myself to, to care. Charlotte Flair puts Ruby Riot in the figure eight. Ruby Riot taps out really quickly. And Charlotte Flair beats Ruby Riot. Whoop the fucking do. Right? The next thing we're gonna get into is Bobby Lashley. He's being interviewed backstage and then MVP confronts Lashley and asks him, why are you worrying about guys like R-Truth? Why, why are you so focused? Why are you like like having all your rage and this intensity on someone like R-Truth? Why, why don't you give that fool Nelson to a WWE champion like Drew McIntyre? MVP says, he t then MVP tells Bobby, like, yo, you haven't fought for the WWE championship in 13 years. 13 years. And it's, it's true, because I think um, Bobby Lashley fought for the WWE Championship against John Cena and I think a Great American Bash, I believe in. I think it was Great American Bash in 07. So, damn, that, that was a really long time. And then MVP says, like, D but don't you want a trophy on your shoulders like, like the WWE Championship? Or are you happy walking around with your trophy wife? Oh, I didn't mean to piss you off, but just think about it. Think about it. 
Do you want the trophy wife or do you want the WWE championship? Talk to me. Just talk to me when you figure that out. You know? When, when is Bobby going to get out of Bobby's way? When is Bobby going to free Bobby? You know, um, I really like this little alliance. I really do like this little alliance of Bobby Lashley and MVP. Um, it, Bobby Lashley hasn't lost in quite a while, even though he got DQ'd like a couple of weeks ago in the gauntlet match. And but but still he's been he's been looking really dominant as of late. So hopefully this leads into the Brock Lesnar match with Bobby Lashley or like some big match. And it was announced today, right? That at Backlash we're gonna get Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE championship. Which is crazy because at the end of the show, Bobby Lashley tells Drew that I'm coming after you and I'm coming after your championship. And then all of a sudden he has a match at Backlash for the WWE Championship without fighting anybody or earning the right. But I like how they've been building up Bobby Lashley. After that whole thing, we get a little video package thing of the Street Profits. They show up for their one-on-one -on -one in an axe-throwing contest with the Viking Raiders. This was about the most corniest thing I've, I've seen. The Viking Raiders, they're throwing axes crazy. No look, they're, they're throwing... The axe and the target without even looking. Just making shit look easy because they're Vikings. Woo, 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 woo. And that's, that's basically it. We're going to continue with that throughout the show because they start showing different video packages throughout the show. So, yeah. After that, we get a segment. And it was a championship celebration with Kyrie Sane and Asuka. And Kyrie Sane is playing the flute. She's happy for Asuka because Asuka is your new Raw Women's Championship because nobody is ready for Asuka. Right? Kyrie Sane gives Asuka flowers. And I really like that because um, if you don't know, in, in Japanese tradition, I think it's in Japanese tradition, where like if you had a good match with somebody or somebody has been fighting for the championship, or they're just a great wrestler or whatever. They give them flowers as a as a, as a sign of respect, you know. So I really like that. If if that's was their intention to do it to like you know show some of their home tradition, I really like that. Um, Kyrie Sane is playing Oscar's theme song on the flute. Then Nia Jax crashes the party. Boo, boo. Nia Jax says that you didn't earn the championship. Like, literally, Becky Lynch gave you the championship. You didn't even earn it. You didn't earn it. Asuka had enough. Asuka attacks Nia Jax. And that's the... I'm guessing that's the feud for Backlash. Nia Jax versus Asuka for the Raw Women's WWE Championship. Hopefully, Asuka retains that Backlash if that's where they're going to go with this. But, yeah. Nia wasn't ready and she will never be ready for Asuka. And the next thing we're going to get into is a match. And it's Bobby Lashley versus R-Truth. Um, this match was just fucking dumb. We get an appearance from Pretty Ricky. Pretty Ricky made a little appearance in this match. Um, Bobby Lashley was now with the shits. Bobby Lashley had Truth in like this fireman's carry. And he runs with Truth and goes head first. And he throws Truth head first into like the, the, the ring post and everything. Bobby Lashley puts Truth in the ring, put, picks him up for Phil Nelson, and R Truth taps out. After the match, MVP comes out and he's clapping like, great job, beautiful. That's what I like to see. That's the Bobby Lashley I would like to see. 
And then they show a, a little clip of Lana backstage. She's watching the monitor. You know, she knows what's going on. She's throwing a fit. She's throwing stuff. She's throwing pipes. She's yelling. Being Lana. Whatever. Um, the next match we're going to get into is for the Women's Tag Team Championships. And it was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics. I, know, I would never get tired of doing that. Iconics. Okay, I'm going to stop. Um, all that really happened was that Bliss hit Twisted Bliss on Billy Kay. Uh, Peyton Royce breaks the pin. Peyton Royce was not with the shit. She starts throwing Alexa Bliss into the steel ring pose like two or three times. And the ref calls the match and it ends in a DQ. The match ends in a DQ. Because Peyton Royce didn't listen to the rules of the ref. And the ref was like, I'm tired of your shit. And ended the match. And Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are still your women's tag team champions. I didn't like this at all. I didn't like this at all. And especially what happened after the match. After this match, they show Nia Jax. Um, she attacks Kyrie Sane backstage. Then after that, they show Billy Kay and Peyton Royce arguing backstage. They're like, oh, we had this one shot. We had a chance for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships and you blew it. You blew it because you lost your cool. You lost your cool. Billy Kay, she didn't know what, came over and slaps Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce starts crying. Billy Kay didn't mean it. She starts crying and they're hugging. So I'm just going to assume they're going to break up the Iconics. They're going to break up the Iconics either next week or sometime around Backlash or at Backlash. And my whole thing is, why would you break up the Iconics, right? They haven't been on TV in a very long time, right? You're going to break them up, probably put them as single stars, and then if they don't work, you're going to release them. Why? Why? They're a good tag. They're just never on TV. So they they could never... I, I really don't know what Vince is thinking. I, I, I don't even know if Vince thinks. I don't even know if Vince thinks. I think he just wakes up and says, yeah, we're just going to break up the Iconics. Why? Break up the Iconics. And he just goes about his fucking business. Then after that, Asuka finds um, Kyrie. Kyrie says that Nia Jax attacked her. Asuka was playing no games. Playing no games with Asuka. Asuka finds Nia. Asuka attacks Nia again. And yet again, Nia wasn't ready for Asuka. Wow. After that, we get a match, and it's a submission match, a rematch from last week, but it's a gimmick match, submission match, with Shayna Baszler versus Natalia. Boring, boring, boring. I don't care for Natalia. Um, why they're having Shayna Baszler fight Natalia? I, 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 I don't know. I, I really don't know why they have Shayna Baszler fighting Natalia. I really don't care, and I, I just don't. Shayna Baszler puts um, Natalia in the in the Caribou to clutch, I think, and taps out Natalia, or she put her in the leg lock, whatever the fuck she did. Taps out Natalia. Shayna Baszler picks up the win after the match. the The ring crew is trying to set up for um the KO show because Kevin Owens returns. They're trying to set up for the KO show. Natalia wasn't having it. She starts kicking stuff. She starts throwing the chairs. Starts throwing the little like poster board of the KO thing and everything. And this reminded me like all, all we needed from her was frustrated was isn't a goddamn word for it. Similar to Bret Hart when he pushed 
McMahon and back, I think, 96 or 97 on that episode of Raw Superstar. I, I forgot what show Brett did that at, but this is when they were taking out um, the steel cage. Vince was trying to interview Brett, and Brett was, like, frustrated. is isn't a goddamn word for it and everything. That was the first time he saw Bret Hart, like, being very frustrated. Um, I'm not going to say this is anything close to that, but it just, it kind of reminded me of it because she's throwing a fit and she's being mad and everything. So, yeah, that was that. After that whole thing goes to commercial, comes back from commercial. Kevin Owens is back. He returns, right? And he has a KO show with guests, um, Angel Garza, Austin Theory, Andrade, and Selena Vega, right? Kevin Owens, before inviting them out, he says, I know he hasn't been there. He hasn't been there in a while because he jumped off the WrestleMania sign because he wanted his WrestleMania moment. He got hurt in the process, but he is back in business. He invites everybody out, Garza, Theory, Andrade, and Selena Vega. Um, Kevin Owens is standing on the on the apron. Selena Vega says that, Kevin, you, you only had us on your show because you wanted some Jerry Springer-type episode, right? You see that we argue for for one little second, and then you just assume that my team is falling apart? You think my empire is, is, is crumbling down? You're sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. Kevin Owens says, like, no, I, I just gave you the ring because, you know, you guys deserve it. And I have another special guest that they told me to bring out. Apollo Crews. And Apollo Crews returns. He comes running into the ring, goes straight for Andrade. They start fighting. Goes to commercial, comes back, and we have a tag team match. Kevin Owens and Apollo Crews versus Andrade and Angel Garza. All you got to know is that Selena Vega um, distracts the ref. Garza tries to push Cruz into um, Theory. Theory throws a forearm, trying to go for Cruz, but instead Cruz ducks, and then Theory hits Garza. Cruz picks him up for the like the twisted like power bomb, and one, two, three. Kevin Owens and Apollo Cruz pick up the victory. After the match, Selena Vega was disgusted. She couldn't believe it that she lost. It was it was Theory's fault. This, that, and the third. Then Andrade and Angel Garza attack and kick out Austin Theory from their group. They throw him into like the timekeepers area, into the and the, like the chairs and everything, and they lay him out like a really great beatdown on on Theory. I, I really like that, you know. Then after that, they show another video of the Viking Raiders is still throwing axes, and it was the Street Profits turn and Montez Ford. Th this made me laugh. I know you guys are gonna be like. You, you you popped for that. You laughed for that, but I don't know. It just it just made me laugh. I, I just needed a laugh. Really made me laugh. Um, Montez Ford. It was it was a street prophet's turn. Montez Ford picks up an axe and he says he got to get his Tiger Woods on. And Ivar is like looking around, scared. He's like, wait 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 wait. Did he just say there's a tiger in the woods? And then and then um Eric is like, no no, just Montez go. Montez Ford over dramatically throws the axe and he was nowhere near the target and all the Vikings that were surrounded with the Viking Raiders are laughing and laughing and then D'Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford look at each other like what the hell did we just sign up for? What the hell are we doing here? Like what are we doing here? Right? Then after that we get a match and it was Alistair Black versus Murphy. Um, Nothing really much happened in this match besides during the match Seth notices Austin Theory still in the timekeeper's area, right? He um he goes up to, to to Theory. He's looking at him, looking at him. Notices that that Murphy is in a little bit of a pickle, 
you know, needs to help out Aleister Black. Seth sends Theory to attack Aleister. The match ends in a DQ. Austin Theory hits his finisher on Aleister Black. And Austin Theory is the new disciple of the Monday Night Messiah. Austin Theory is getting tossed around like, like Kendall Kardashian in the NBA. He gets from one group to another group to another group here, here, there. He's, he's going everywhere. He's going everywhere. But um, hopefully this brings more eyes onto Theory and they do something more with Theory instead of him fight and lose, fight and lose. Then he doesn't wrestle for two weeks and then he fights again. Then the match ends in the DQ and then he loses somehow. And, and now Austin Theory is part of the group of Rollins and Murphy. They show a, a little um, side of like Murphy he's staring at Theory like mean mugging him like oh like Seth found his new toy. So I'm assuming this is going to lead into Murphy turning on Rollins and we're going to get Seth Rollins versus Murphy either at Extreme Rules or SummerSlam or something down the line. So I really like that. Then um, after that we get a backstage segment Apollo Crews is being interviewed and then he says that he feels great. You know he was like Really disappointed that he got hurt during his championship match against Andrade and everything. Then he had to, like, give up his spot in the Money in the Bank match. And then he challenges Andrade for the United States Championship next week on Raw. Selena Vega's like, you don't just challenge for the thing, whatever. Then um, Apollo Cruz is like, well, I'm not finished. Starts continuing the promo. Says that he is going to win the United States Championship and is made official. Next week on Raw, Andrade versus Apollo Cruz for the United States Championship. That is going to be a good match. That's going to be a really great match. Hopefully, Apollo Crews wins here. If he doesn't win, he's done. He is done. Either two things are going to happen. Either he wins it and slowly turns heel and goes into like that little faction that MVP is trying to, is trying to grow. Or he loses it. And then MVP comes out like similar, you know, like basically the same outcome, whether he wins it or loses it. Hopefully he becomes part of like that MVP thing. And then, then Apollo Crews turns heel. He gets new gear because um, there have been rumors that Vince wants to turn him heel. He wants him with new gear and everything, new music. So hopefully, you know, the, the, this is a turn in the right direction. But every time we get our hopes up that we think, Someone is getting a push. They eventually get buried in like a week or two. So hopefully this turns out to be a good thing for Apollo Crews. And before the main event, I don't know if it was before the main event or before the last segment I was just talking about, that they show the another video of the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits, you know, still throwing axes, and it was D'Angelo Dawkins' turn. Dawkins is like ready to throw the axe or whatever, and he's grilling the horse because the horse is like, oh, you want to fight, dog? You want to smoke? And the horse is just there laughing, whatever. He goes to throw the axe. He lets go of the axe a little too early, and the axe flies into the like the water, like barrel, and then the Vikings with the Viking Raiders, whatever, try to attack the Street Prophets, and then Eric and Ivar are like, no, 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 it was a mistake, it was a mistake, it was a mistake. Mike says Ford drinks out of his cup, and he's like, you want some? It's the same thing, you want some? Then they show another video package where like they're throwing axes and everything, and it looked like, you know, the Street Profits hit a, a bullseye. The axe went into the windshield of a cop. The cop is like, who threw that axe or whatever. Then towards the end of it, the, the female cop is like, we're going to let you go only because this, this one is cute and points to, to Ivar. Then she goes to Eric and then you, not so much. Not so much. Um, 
the whole thing with the axe throwing and everything, um, it became corny after a while. Even though I did laugh at that at that Tiger Woods little like corny line, but it made me laugh. But overall, as a thing, um, it just didn't. I don't know. It just didn't work for me per se. I just didn't like it. And in the main event of the night, we get Drew McIntyre versus King Corbin. Yawn. Yawn. Bobby Lashley comes out with MVP for the match even starts. And then Bobby Lashley, like I already said in the earlier in the review, Bobby Lashley says that he's going after Drew and his title. MVP says, entertain us. We'll, we'll be watching. Right? They proceed to have a match. It was... Uh, I just couldn't care for the match because King Corbin, just whatever. Um, there was a spot in the match. King Corbin goes for a superplex on Drew. Drew has been kicking out at one. Lately, like for the past couple of weeks, like somebody hit will hit like a big move, like a choke slam or something, and he'll kick out at, at one, and it'll take a lot to get to the two and a half mark for Drew. I really like how they've been building him. I really like that. Um, I I started to notice it at Money in the Bank where Seth hit the frog splash, and before the ref even went to put his hand down for the one for the three count, fucking um Drew kicks out really quickly. So, like, I really like how they've been building Drew. All it just ends with is Drew McIntyre hitting a Claymore kick on King Corbin. One, two, three. Drew McIntyre picks up the victory. And that's about it. Then Drew McIntyre is pointing at Bobby Lashley. You want to fight? Come in the ring. Let's fight. And that was the end of this episode of Monday Night Raw. Overall, I gave this episode a 2 out of 10. I was, I was really bored. I was really bored. I, I, I just couldn't care. The only thing I'm only things I really liked about this was the Liv Morgan promo. I've, I'm starting to wonder where they're gonna go with her. The Bobby Lashley MVP interaction with MVP saying, "When is when is Bobby gonna free Bobby?" You know, the championship celebration with Kyrie Sane and Asuka. You know, I really enjoyed that. Um, what else did I enjoy? I enjoyed that little. Line with the Tiger Woods line with when I was like, is there a Tiger in the woods? Did he just say that? I I I, I, I pop for that. Um, Apollo Cruz returning, Kevin Owens returning. It's great to see that, and Austin Theory being a part of you know this Seth Rollins group, you know. But for the most part, it was just a boring show. Besides those couple of things, it wasn't that those things that I mentioned entertained me. I just want to know where they're gonna go from here, you know. But anyway, guys, that is the end of this Monday Night Raw review. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell. And if you enjoyed this Monday Night Raw review, be sure to hit that like with a Stone Cold Stunner. And in the comments, let us know, did you like Monday Night Raw? Did you hate Monday Night Raw? Did you even watch Monday Night Raw? Or were you doing something else instead? Let me know in the comment section down below. I go by the name Unknown. Pipe Bomb.